0: I tune into the HTCU sports lab to see if my team wanna love. Yeah. If they long, I'm quiet as a mouth. Lock. But if they want she tap. Yeah. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. That's Caville. Yeah. you know what he be talking talkin about, talking about They know what they be talking yeah. talkin about, They can press the yeah. analytic data with your hip hop. If you know him like I know him, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna lose, yeah. about. So listen to, so to Professor, professor
1: Yesler yes, and sir. pay attention because so he's going to teach I, a lesson. Yes, yes. Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab. I got the group of the team with us today. We have none other than Mike Washington, AD Drew, BJ Jones, and we'll have Joshua Sims Sr. joining us as well as he's making his trip uh, back to Durham from Durham with a victory. How about that? Welcome to episode 306 of Inside the HBCU Sports Lab Radio Show and Podcast, the show that's covering the sporting HBCU guys for all things HBCU sports. for institutions large and small, from the NEIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. We call it HBCU sports pedagogy. I'm your host. Dr. of Cavill, along with my co hosts Mike Watson, oh, yeah, Drew. A.D. Drew, B.J. Jones, and Joshua Sims Sr. As he's telling you, he's ready to go. Uh, with that, um, we're from our home studios, at least most of us. Today's episode of Inside HBC Sports Labs is sponsored by THA Agency LLC. THJ Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. Let's just go around the horn, if you would, and get an update on everybody and see what they're doing. Eighty Drew, I'm going to start with you. What was your biggest moment of yesterday in terms of HBC sports landscape?
2: See you. You know number 700 in the game that they did not. Most people, including myself, did not expect. Tuskegee to pick up that 700 victory against, uh, went up against the University of West Alabama team. West Alabama owns the series eight and four, where eight to five now against Tuskegee, but a hard fought defensive victory by the Tuskegee Golden Tigers. 13 10 was the score. Tuskegee held West Alabama to, I believe, 23 yards of rushing on the day, had a Split offense, 156 rushing, 152 passing. I may have those two numbers in verse, but you can't get more closer to a balanced offense than 156 and 152 on both sides of the balls. I mean, that's uh pretty telling. And uh, I released an article last night on D2Football.com that uh sums up the victory and talks a little bit about the history of Tuskegee football. Nice. Mother Tuskegee
1: in seven hundred Yes. Can't get much better than that. Number, I'll, oh, I'll number at
2: that. Number two all time among Division two programs. Number one in your HBCU heart. As far as victories, okay. Like some, like some,
3: it. somebody went to the Britannia of D two sports history <laughs> and put their little crackerjack
0: jacket.
4: Okay, only only Pittsburgh State has more victories than Tuskegee. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I like that, Mike.
1: Since you sitting up here jumping out and uh, getting folks, you must be excited. What's on your mind? What stood out from yesterday?
3: Oh so you- man, oh man, I'm yeah, I'm a, I'm going to go with a double on on the daily double on that one. Uh we you know you were with me up in the suite watching the preview game and you were seeing uh incarnate word put 500 yards on us. Get dominate the offensive line, or dominate the line, the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Uh, double our t- uh, time in possession, yada, yada, yada. So was was not a good day. They moved the ball up and down the field. He just seemed to have no answer to stop them. The score looked respectable. I think it was 31-14, but last year, <coughs> Incarnate Word put 40, 40, uh, 40 points on us. So just was not a good day. We had a chance to see some of the freshmen play. Uh, Dumas, the quarterback, played most of the game. Looked good at times and made some great decisions. Uh, so we'll see coming up. I did. Uh, we were watching the uh, Texas Southern game, my other alma mater, and I was shocked. <laughs> so I know we'll get into that. So I don't want to ruin the surprise, but I never would have thought. So I'll let BJ go because he. I know he has all the details, but I was just shocked. Well, since he's handed the mic to you, BJ Jones,
1: let me go mm-hmm. straight to you. What was your big thoughts of the HBCU day on Saturday?
4: Through two games, Texas Southern had allowed a total of 99 points, was giving up average 301 yards on the ground per game. And we proceeded to air it out. <laughs> well, uh, it resulted in the loss, 24-0, man. No one saw that coming. Um, couldn't get the ball into the end zone, and, and that was a shocker uh, here in Arlington, Texas. So, yeah, where do we go from here? Great points made. Let's go
1: to Joshua Sims Sr., who's literally in New Hampshire or leaving Durham, New Hampshire, to get to the airport. But he's uh, kind enough to give us a bright spike. See the little man in the back, make sure yeah. uh, we tell him we, or we send our HBC love. He got to see it hot and heavy. I like that. That's how you bring him up the right way. I know you multi-generation Absolutely. Eagle. Absolutely. Tell us. Absolutely. What was your thoughts on yesterday? What stood out for you?
5: Well, you know what, Doc? You know, I, I had a great opportunity to bring uh, Joshua Jr. with me. Hopefully, God willing, he'll be a fourth-generation Eagle, uh, you know, when his time comes around. Uh, but yesterday, man, I actually had a twofer, man. Obviously, outside of my Eagles getting coming up here to Durham, New Hampshire, and bringing the W back to the Bull City, uh, I was very impressed with Fort Valley State yesterday. Um, going 3-0, and improving the 3-0. and Coach Gibbs has got that team rocking and rolling. Uh, we had a chance to bring Coach Gibbs on HBCU Nightly before the season started. Right before Camp, uh right before Camp was letting out. And he talked about how good that team he had down there. Those Wildcats are rocking and rolling. So that would be my other shout out. But I'm gonna get well into this W we had about New Ham uh, against New Hampshire as we go along in the show, man. No doubt.
1: That's one of our feature games of the week. So we'll get a chance to really get into that. Uh, another one that stood out to me is uh, a tough loss is Bowie State going down the Shaw. I was like, ooh, what's up with that one? Just to give another shout-out in a perspective of what's going on in the landscape. Um, credit to Hampton. Uh, they improved to 3-0. Um, that's framework that actually surprised me to some degree in terms of pulling away late in that matchup, tough game. But those are some of the big games that just stood out to me in terms of what's going on. Credit to Alcorn, beating up on McNeese State and the way they dominated that game. But I'm like you. I think the big one of the day has to be uh, North Carolina Central Eagles defeating a top 25 team. BJ is one of those out here that tells us that we have to win some of these non-conference matchups, particularly against historically white colleges and at the FCS level. We've won a couple of them. We had some close shots against top 25 teams, particularly over the last couple of weeks. But we get it done, and when I say that, HBCU is a collective. So that's one of the biggest things that had me uh, thinking about everything. Let me get a shout-out to Anthony Johnson, SBBTSU, is in the house Theron the wrong waters. Mm-hmm. I'm in church, so I'll have to listen later. I understand. Understand. We'll have it on demand for you on YouTube, so check it out. Jazzy Faye, hey, y'all, good morning. Uh Houston is in the house, I bet you. Uh, TSU Emma Price. Good morning from Florida. Mary Allen. Good morning, Miami. Checking Mm -hmm. in. Nice. Who's on the beaches in Miami? Mary this morning. Share some love. I understand. Who else we got? Jibu Holly getting in the lab from the undisclosed emergency center. Laugh out loud! Yeah, you talk <laughs> about it. <this. laughs> <laughs> Only thing if you're a Prairie Panther that you can hold your hands up is a little bit and say, "Hey, you didn't have your starting running back, Stewart. You didn't have your starting, yeah, starting quarterback. quarterback. So you better you better lean on that because other than that, <laughs> it was not kind." You see what a top ten team looks like from physicality. Um, so we'll see what that means moving forward. Anthony Johnson, how did go last night for y'all? Hillman, Frazier. Good morning from Jackson, Mississippi. Second half of that game, they dominated. We'll get into that a little later in terms of that matchup. Ricky Burton in here. Uh, Who else do we have in terms of those joining us early? Just wanted to shout you out and appreciate you joining. We'll get into some hot and heavy, and we'll break down some of these matchups from yesterday and give you some insight that you can't quite get anywhere else from top to bottom for the HBCU landscape. With that, let's take our first quarter break. We'll be right back after this as we get into the second quarter. Uh, early one zero in terms of the lab. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this break.
5: Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to myjbn.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports Network.
3: Let's get back to getting ticks instead of watching flicks. Before we can safely get out there, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your crew.
4: Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They
0: can use less. Sweet pillars of softness. This is soft.
5: Holy Charmin. excuse me. Roll it
0: back, everybody.
5: Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. (laughs) We all go. Why not enjoy the go with
4: Charmin?
2: Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Merrier. Food is her love language, and she really loves her grandson, like really loves.
3: Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens,
5: up a first down and i'm gonna go back to you know we talked to our friends uh, charles bishop and neely they follow jackson state football and having dinner with them i mean they said this team feels like nobody can score three times on them three times he didn't say if it was three field goals three touchdowns prairie view has scored twice touchdown field goal that's how good this defense is and whoa they are as good as advertised. Fourth best
0: in all of FCS.
2: It got to get to the point where whoever we're doing the broadcast that week of the game, they're going to have to sit down with y'all because y'all know us better than everybody. Sure. And y'all know some of the inside stuff we
0: do. that I may not tell them because I don't trust them. But sure. we trust us. Well, we y'all. appreciate that, we trust. Appreciate coach. That. Much love, baby. Uh, Press analytic data with your hip-hop. If you know them like I know them, they going to tell you if your team, if they want to lot, yeah, about, about, about. So listen to Professor yes, sir, yes and pay attention, yes, yes, attention because he going to teach yes, a lesson. Yes,
1: yes. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBCU Sports Lab. We're back for the second quarter. Let's get into some of these mid-major division matchups and see what your thoughts on some of these games are. I'm gonna start with Bluefield State, Big Blue, uh, as Mike uh, we kind of said in during the break. Uh, they deserve some love. They continue to surprise many folks, and they get it done in some ways. They get a big victory over Central State. They improve the two and one, while Central State falls to one and two. Let me go to you, AD Drew. What's your thoughts in terms of the Bluefield Central State matchup?
2: Y'all better watch out for Bluefield State. Uh, they are right now. They're HBCU independent, looking for an HBCU home. But uh, between these two HBCU conferences, SIAC, CIAA, I suggest that we one of us grab Bluefield State to ba- balance out the power, so lack of a better words. Uh, Bluefield State's gonna be a force to reckon with. They controlled that game early. Central made a run on them, but then they dominated the fourth quarter to come out with the victory. Go Big Blue.
1: Mike, give me your thoughts. They were at home, Bluefield, West Virginia, Mitchell Stadium, and they get it done at home. They continue to roll. What's your thoughts, Mike, on Big Blue?
3: Well, number one, I was looking looking at the stats, and they are impressive. They are balanced on both sides of the ball uh looks like they put up about four hundred and thirty yards um had had pretty much dominant dominating um the time of possession, which shows not only they balanced but they they ran the ball decently where past three hundred and thirty five of that was passing so i uh, y- yes, it was home, so they had some home cooking, but they were on the ball and uh i I agree with A.D. I think we need to look out and keep our eye out for them on the horizon.
1: Yeah, let me stick with you, Mike, on this one as we move over to uh, the HBCU New York City Football Classic or NYC in MetLife Stadium. East Rutherford, New Jersey. SIEC versus the MIAC. Morehouse Maroon Tigers, mid-major program, fall to 0-3. Howard Bison gets the first win of the season. Major division HBCU program, 1-3 and on the season. Mike, what were your thoughts in terms of that matchup? Mike, let me go to you, VJ. What are your thoughts in terms of that?
4: So it off slow um, for Howard. You know, That's that's for a zero, 0 for a long time, uh, Howard kind of struggled a little bit. But then they really got it going in the second half, um, and you really start to see that offense be explosive, uh, be effective, move the ball up and down the field. And defensively, they kept a stranglehold on Morehouse pretty much the entire game. That Hello? defensive line dominated. And we got to talk about the work of that front seven. Uh, limiting uh, Morehouse not only in first downs but also in total yards, and the, the most important thing, keeping that goose egg on the scoreboard.
0: Yeah, when you
1: shut people out, it makes you feel good. You put your chest out. You've seen too many of these shutouts, uh, <laughs> B.J. Jones. You're not gonna feel too good about it. I get it. We'll get it to that. Uh, let me let me be, be let me be nice. With that being said, <clears throat> Mike, what were your thoughts on this? The Maroon Tigers uh, and Howard Bison. You know, the smart folks were in the room in New York.
3: Yeah, um, I, I gotta give it. I'm pretty hard on Howard. I, I always, I always say they not a tailgating school. All of that <laughs> stuff. I, I to all the Howard folks out there. They
1: wine and cheese,
3: man. <laughs> they wine and cheese. They they want cheese you know, they idea behind is a BET video exclusive. And all right. <laughs> so anyway a solid win um you got to tape the hats off I think BJ talked to it uh they put a goose egg on them so didn't allow didn't allow anything 21 points in the fourth quarter uh pretty good a nice day outage by Quentin Williams quarterback I think he finished with like 230 give or take yards um they continue to use that that uh running back by committee. For Hunter and uh Eden James. So uh solid ba- uh, balanced attack around, I think 131 yards on the ground, 230 or so in the air. So solid win altogether by them uh in the New York classic. So hats off to Howard. No doubt.
1: Let me get into the CIAA game of the week at the mid-major living uh mid-major division level in uh Etrek, Virginia, Rogers. Stadium CIAA matchup. St. Augustine Falcons fall to 0 and 3 on 1 in the conference. On the road, as Virginia State Trojans, they improve to 2 and 1, 1 and 0 in the conference. Dr. Henry Frazier III gets it done with a big hmm. victory. Let us go to Joshua Sims Sr. and get his thoughts on the Virginia State Trojans this matchup against St. Augustine Falcons.
5: Yeah, man, uh, offensive coordinator Lamar Manigo continues to be impressive at, in his uh, first year as offensive coordinator at Virginia State. Um, Offense went bananas yesterday against St. Aug, against a kind of young St. Aug defensive side of the ball. I had a chance to kind of go there during the summertime and go see how they were looking during the summer. and. Uh, one of the big things that was kind of floating around that St. Augustine University's campus was that they were young. A lot of freshmen getting some experience this year. A lot of sophomores getting an opportunity to get a second shot at it. So to see Coach Manigo and that offense, and that led by that great quarterback that they have there Virginia State, kind of take advantage of their youth that they got at St. Aug. Uh, <laughs> I expected that to happen, but uh, I did not expect 40-plus points, a uh, 40-plus point um, explosion. So I will say Virginia State is a great team in the CIAA to look out for. Um, and I talked to one of Virginia Union's coaches last night. I do plan on going up for the Virginia State Virginia Union game. That's gonna be exciting. It's gonna be exciting. Yeah, so. I
1: like that thought process because as we talked about Bowie State with that major upset, you know it seems that maybe shifting to Virginia, that Virginia State Virginia Union is always a great matchup between rivals, and it might just have gotten a little bit better. Be interesting to see what that goes, but let's slide over, um, if you would, to the SIAC. But before we do that, I do want to get one final thought in terms of that Virginia State St. Augustine with our Division II guru, AD Drew. What were your thoughts in terms of this, uh, Virginia State St.
2: Augustine matchup? You say you didn't expect that type of victory. Well, if you're St. Augustine, when you turned the ball over four times. It's kind of hard to not get blown out, you know. Three <laughs> fumbles and an interception. Let, let's just do the math right there. That's not a formula for victory, uh, for both for of these teams, you know. St. Augustine did do- dominate the time of possession, though. So, uh, interests St. all for 12 on third downs, Virginia State 7 to 14. So, not only did Virginia State take the ball away from St. Augustine, but they were efficient when they were in those uh, in those tough situations. Virginia State, 465 total. Say it all, 323. 323 is respectable, but not when you give it up 465. So, and It is what it is.
1: You said. Great point. B.J. Jones, let's go to this Thursday night game on ESPN Columbia, South Carolina, Charlie W. Johnson <laughs> Stadium. It was on ESPN. U. You had the crew there. Uh, to cover it as well, this is a top 10 matchup. I was interested in this as we went off on the show, got a chance to dig into it. Number nine, Savannah State Tigers, one and two now, as they fall um, in terms of what's going on in that race. Number three, Benedict Tigers improved to 3-0 and and did it pre- pretty efficiently. What were your thoughts in terms of this matchup, B.J. Jones?
4: Man, it's fun to watch a Chennis berry coach football team, man, because you know you're going to get outstanding play on the offensive line and when they got that thing rolling in the, in that in second half, Doc, and they pulled away, uh, they were running the ball at will. Uh, Savannah State couldn't do anything. That that young quarterback from Savannah State, man, when he pulls it down, he's explosive. Uh, he, he's a uh, man. Really quick. Well, uh, he's yeah. Quick yeah. To yeah. Outside. But, man, ben, Benedict, man, we saw this last year with Benedict. They started off hot. The challenge is going to be can they maintain this uh, throughout the season? Uh, But right now, man, they they look like one of the teams to beat in the SIAC.
1: Yeah, I like great points when you talk about that matchup. There were two plays in that game that stood out to me, one for each team where it talked about hustle. You're talking about well-coached teams. Um, One was a kickoff punt return where they were going in right before the half and a shoelace tackle uh, came across the field and saved points going on the board, and then after a block, uh, extra point. Um, It looked like he was going in to get the two point and the guy ran all the way down the field, doesn't give up on the play and tackles him literally a couple of yards before the goal line. As a three, I believe. Yeah, so that was, that was big in terms of those two plays and for both teams. So credit to the coaches of getting those guys to play in, but special credit to Benedict Tigers as they hold on at least to the number three spot. It'll be interesting to see what happens on Tuesday. Uh, what comes out from that? Let me go to you, Joshua Sims Sr., to put the final caps on this matchup. What were your thoughts in terms of top 10 matchup between Savannah State Tigers and Benedict Tigers?
5: Yeah, I mean, I was on. we were on the show on Thursday, and uh, I absolutely was singing the praises of that Savannah State quarterback. Uh, but Benedict coming out on top, man, that was an impressive W on ESPNU. Um, to see them dominate like that, get a double-digit uh, scoring victory, it was impressive. It was very, very impressive. That was my first time really getting a chance in a little while to be able to sit down and really watch the full that full Benedict squad. Um, I was a little bit more impressed with that defense, man, and how they played in the second half. I was very, very impressed with how that defense played in the second half. Uh, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how Benedict finished the season. Um, to BJ's point, uh, they started off hot last year, and to see them finish the rest of the season is going to be a big point for me. But absolutely, man, I was very, very surprised. And on the Thursday show, I said Savannah State was going to win, but – Ali, man, that's my first loss on your show, Doc. I ain't, I, I was undefeated prior to that, man.
2: Man, it's going to happen a lot on this show. Man, you, you better keep you better
5: keep living.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen a lot on this show. you taking the L. Yeah,
3: I'm telling you.
1: We'll bring in the HBCU bands and let them do their show? I don't know. Maybe not because we have this thing now where these HBCU bands are leaving in the second half of the game. What's up with that? Versus the one marching One Hundred? Now we get the world fame and grambling. I mean, is Jackson State doing it that bad? They beating up all teams? (laughs) (laughs) The folks out the stadium? I don't understand this. And then you got Texas Southern deciding that they're going to go play in front of the Southern band at at halftime as if Southern is not going to respond. Well, Southern might not do it in football, but I don't know. The band side, they made some noise there. But anyway, stick with us. We'll be right back on the other side and we'll get into some of major division matchups after you hear a little bit about this band. I have time and you tell me who wins because you know we talk about the marching sport winners and losers. No, we'll get to that on Thursday. But stick with us. We'll be right back on the brack and we'll give you some games of the week in the major division style. This band.
5: Your ad could be ran here. myjbn.com backslash support
1: myjbn.com backslash support for more information
4: the new GMC Sierra with hands-free driving offers the most advanced and luxurious pickup in its class.
5: Yeah, it runs. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www dot slow dot com that's www dot dot com
2: supermarket sushi really no wait troy you work here i'm never not working like head and shoulder scalp shield technology up to 100% dandruff protection even between washes
4: never not working
2: huh oh troy you're such a good teacher yeah i know
4: <laughs> never not working never not working
2: never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology.
5: It's like a machine.
0: Press the analytic data with your hip-hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna laugh. And them the ball, So listen to Professor Yesa, yes, and pay attention, because yes, he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab. We're here with Mike
1: Washington, A.D. Drew. BJ Jones and Joshua Sims Senior Boy. I tell you, our halftime dialogue with the band. don't worry about the band you
2: it. don't worry about it. Don't even, we're not gonna get into it, but trust it. That talk that talk before we went the locker room is
0: crucial. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so let's get into this matchup here. I'm gonna go to BJ Jones first with the Southern. In Texas Southern, and I'll take on Mike since uh, both of these guys are alumni on school uh, on the schools, and they got to really jump into this matchup. It was an Arlington football show, show showdown, I should say. Excuse me, Globe Life Park, Arlington, Texas. Southern Jaguars fall to one and two, zero and one in conference. Texas Southern Tigers improved a one and two and one and one in conference play. Uh, it was basically a balanced approach, at least from Texas Southern perspective. Stingy D for the effort fuels first. TSU shutout over Southern since 1971, back-to-back wins since I'm not sure when. But let me go to B.J. Jones first to kind of break down what he saw in this matchup. Uh, Obviously, people are wide-eyed about the score. But let let B.J. Jones really give you some breakdown in terms of what he saw take place.
4: Well, technically, man, Southern played right into Texas Southern's hands. Offensively, Texas Southern came out like game busters. Texas Southern had 186 yards. Of total offense in the first quarter. Now they only had 352 yards of total offense the entire game. Will let you know that Southern's defense uh, did their their job, only allowing 166 yards over the last three quarters of that ball game. Um, but the the tape on Texas Southern was to run the football. We saw what Purdue did. They completed right. no passes, ran the ball for over 320 yards, won the game. Saw what North Texas did. Put up over 300 yards of, of total offense. And Southern comes out slinging it, which to me, honestly, made um, no sense. And you all understand that, you know, that there's philosophies that you have and there's things that you do. But sometimes what you do can play right into your opponent's hands, and and that's what we saw uh, on yesterday. Uh, Quarterback play for Southern was very – he was efficient from a completion. And and if you look at the statistics of Sean McCray, 18 to 30, only 12 incompletions, three interceptions, could have been more than that. Uh, and, and that offense just didn't look effective. And you know, it, it, it was quarterback play wasn't wasn't well. There's a lot of things going wrong with the Southern University on the offensive side of the football.
1: Understand, it'll be interesting to watch mm-hmm. that going forward to see what kind of challenges, uh, changes may be taking place, particularly maybe the quarterback position with those three interceptions. But let me go to Mike Watson, he was doing the wine and the sweets. So y'all <laughs> talk about these other folks. <laughs> With the with the wine and cheese. Mike had his wine. What is my sitting up there watching the game? I'm like, is he working? Or is he ch-? never mind. I'm sorry, Mike. I tell the world that, uh, but but, go ahead, Mike. What's your thoughts
3: on Texas Southern and Southern matchup? He can't be telling the world my secrets, man. I'm gonna have to start my wine podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> I was at I don't know, just to pick up off of uh where uh, the football whisperer. Uh, left off i was shocked i didn't know if texas southern just you know came out and hit him in the mouth texas southern had 14 uh 21 in the first half and i was scratching my head and when i was watching the game you know southern did move the ball at times it seemed you know between the 20s but then somewhere they just could not finish it does not hurt uh with Three turnovers. Uh, I was wondering why they didn't rush the ball more. So, uh, a lot of what I call data points that caused me to scratch my head. Um, you know, it's not like Southern can't rush the ball. So, I, um, so I was wondering what what happened with that game plan. Uh, you but you, uh, on the, on the other side of the ball, you got to tip your hat to Texas Southern, they had a balanced attack. I think BJ said it 352 total yards, 186 uh, passing. Um, they were much more efficient. A couple of data points stood out uh for each uh yards per pass. Texas Southern was like 8.5. Uh Southern was just at five yards uh per attempt uh for completion and then yards per rush. Uh Texas Southern actually had 4.8 yards per uh, 4.7, I'm sorry, and uh Southern only had 3.8. So Small details, but that kind of gives you an idea of the offense and how efficient it was. So,
1: yeah, I was watching the ticker before I started watching the game, and the ticker on is me had it wrong. They had Southern scored first and six-0-7-0 old, old, run or whatever. And I was like, oh man, here you go. Uh, yeah. And then you get back, and I get a text from somebody uh, that's at the game, Edwin Draden. In the house, he said, man, Texas yep. should be up 14-0. Yeah. I said, oh, what's going on? What? what? And then yeah. I finally get to watching the matchup, and I'm like, wow, this is different. But let's go to Joshua Sims as we move on, and let's look at this MEAC-Colonial um, matchup. Oh, boy. No, no on the 3, North Carolina Central. 3-0 and obviously on the season. They continue to play some really impressive football. But you go on the road, and you get a win against a 25-ranked New Hampshire Wildcats obviously a historically white college university. For those that may not know, they are two and one now, but they came in two and oh in the conference play and two and oh overall. Um, so fascinating matchup, but I want to get inside these numbers. As we watched it, you saw North Carolina central dominate this game, at least from what I saw on film. Tell me, Joshua, what, what did you see happening in this matchup?
5: Yes, sir. And, and just on the, on the preface of that doc, I would like to say that, I was a little bit disappointed by the, you know, I looked at ESPN yesterday. We got up yesterday morning. I looked at ESPN. They had uh, the University of New Hampshire has a 13-point. We were a 13-point underdog to the University of New Hampshire. And I was on with Offscript the night before on the Twitter spaces, and he was asking me why I was nervous. And it was because I'm trying to figure out, and I'm I'm a proficient person who likes to watch film. I was trying to figure out, why they had the University of New Hampshire picked so heavily to beat us. And it wasn't only them. Not only did we not get any really real votes to get in the top 25 this week in the FCS stats top 25 or the coaches poll, but they had New Hampshire so much favorite to beat us that they believed that we were just not the better team. And I'm like looking at the roster, like, are y'all seeing the same thing I'm seeing? Like, I don't understand. Maybe I, Maybe my football eyes have gone bad. Uh, But, you know, because my coaching days are over. But, dog, I'm pretty sure. when. And then I went back and looked and saw how they played against the University of Albany and how they played against Monmouth. And it didn't stand out to me why they would be a 13-point favorite in that game. But then let's get to the game, Doc. And from literal kickoffs, North Carolina Central University dominated that game from kickoff. Now, given in the first half our defense did not play up to the standard that everybody has now come to become kind of understand the type of defense we have. Coach Courtney Corp um, kind of made it seem like in that first half that we were kind of trying to see what they could throw, let them kind of gas themselves out, throw everything they could at us. But in that mm. second half, we were all we were basically pitching a shutout in that second half. Given a, a kind of weird, wonky over-the-shoulder, like weird throw that we gave up. The only touchdown in the second half for that game, our defense played phenomenal in the second half and keep in mind now it is becoming very very obvious that we are a second half team in the second half of games our defense and our offense becomes much more efficient efficient our defense becomes more aggressive and it seems like we're able to close the game in the second half but the big stat of the night davius richard our junior quarterback out of bell Glaze, florida who should probably be on the watch list for player of the year who hmm. is right now absolutely the MIAC player of the year. Over 300 yards of total offense just by him alone. Wow. I mean, the kid rushed for over 100 yards. He passed for over 200 yards. And well, I think he passed for just up under 200 yards, 194 yards passing what I think I saw on the stat line. But this kid is the real deal, man. And I've been singing his praises since the summer. He's the second quarterback in school history to throw for 2,000 yards in back-to-back seasons only to Air Harvey. So next week, we got Virginia Lynchburg coming into town. I I do expect us to get that W against Virginia Lynchburg. But then the week after that, we got Campbell. And that will be another test for us on the road against another non-conference foe to see if our defense can continue to keep making the strides and our offense becomes more efficient. Doc,
1: Man, doc, I like that. We'll get into some of those matchups, 25. Go ahead, Mike.
3: Real quick, because, uh, you know, I like the data. I was wondering why, because they made it big, sound like it was such a big upset. So I look back three, four, five years. New Hampshire was in the toilet last year. I looked at the, their recruiting class. Nothing major that would make you – that they're going to make a step change. They were last in the league in rushing. They were somewhere down toward the bottom in passing last year. They beat uh, who? Who they beat? Monmouth. Monmouth was last last year. So you know, I yes, you know, they're a formidable team, but there was nothing there to make you think that they were going to be that much uh, of a of a you know favored poll. Uh, so I, I just was digging in some numbers, and I was wondering if anybody else saw that. I think, yeah, I think a lack of I think respect for ACC program. To the
1: oh, fact so. When you get the overall over the years, the MIAC SWAC, record against historically white colleges the colonial was looked at as one of the top three conferences um they came in pretty solid so sometimes i get you get what you call what i call it lazy journalism yeah uh, where folks just talk about what they have seen has been the natural over the years those data points but that's why we do what we do here let me go to you drew let's move on and get into this hampton virginia william dick price stadium hampton uh, gets it done over Norfolk State, they improved to 3-0. and Spartans fall to 1-2 uh, on the year. This game was on ESPN 1 o'clock early. Close most of the game, but Hampton pulls away late and gets it done on the road. Drew, what are your thoughts in terms of this matchup?
2: For a team that everyone saw may go 0 on the season or that Tuskegee may be their only victory on the season, They are going to be top five in every HBCU poll, maybe as high as three in some polls behind Jackson State and North Carolina uh, Carolina Central. Uh, Hampton, not a great running game against Norfolk, 238 passing. Not a a really standout game uh, offensively. They only had 330 yards uh, total offense, gave up. 271 Uh, both teams turned the ball over uh, multiple times so uh, both teams threw two uh, interceptions so it, it just came down and even Norfolk won the time of possession so like Mike says with his data points you really don't see how statistically how Hampton won this game but some reason somewhere Hampton is 3-0, and and maybe send in a message to the new conference that y'all picked us last, and we still may finish last. But it's not going to be a blowout last like everybody is thinking of. It's going to be.
1: I like that point. Great point. And we'll see what that looks like. The key part in that game to me was a third and two inside the 30 uh, for Norfolk State when they were looking to maybe possibly tie the game up. Uh, They get an offensive lineman It gets the penalty that forces it to uh, third and seven uh, in terms of that, fourth and seven or whatever, and they couldn't get any momentum, couldn't get it done after that, and essentially turn the ball over to Hampton. Hampton marches down the field and gets the field goal to put it essentially out of reach uh, in terms of that matchup, and that was a key play and just lets you know how the small things go a long way when you're trying to move uh, in that matchup. Final thing we'll talk about in this quarter. Let me go to you, BJ Jones, and talk about Grambling and Jackson State, uh, Jackson, Mississippi, Mississippi Veterans Memorial Stadium. This was a swag contest, East against the West, old foes over the years. Grambling has had jackson number not to be on this matchup. It was a top ten matchup in terms of Grambling State coming in at number seven, Jackson State coming in at number one. Uh, tell of two halves where Grambling kind of kept it respectful and close. But then Jackson State does what it does and pulled away and makes a major statement. DJ Jones, what were your thoughts in terms of this matchup?
4: I mean, for a half, man, Grambling gave Jackson State everything that they wanted. Um, you saw what they were doing, what they were dialing up defensively, uh, getting to Shador Sanders, uh, forcing the turnover. Uh, they were able to run the ball, man. That Washington kid from Grambling is special, by the way. Um, yeah. But... Right, so- uh, and then in the second half, Gremlin went away from what was making them successful. Um, it seems like when when uh, Jackson State came out in the second half and immediately went down the score, like Gremlin, like it took all of the sale out of the wins. And once you've got somebody who's defeated, they, you know, they are, uh, you know, defeated. They've given up. Man, it's just time to put on the pounding. And that's what Jackson State did. Good
1: point. Good point. Rebels didn't me at this morning. Josh, you want to add a little something in there?
5: Yeah, I got a, a late kind of a report last night that, you know, after Maurice Washington, who was a, a dynamic kid, after that big run he had last night, he was a little gassed, a little dehydrated, so they were giving him, um you know, IVs to try to get him back, but he just couldn't get back to full fruition. Mm-hmm. But I just want to kind of imagine how the rest of that game goes if that kid is at 100% because they found something kind of running through the B-gap, being able to really kind of get inside, running a lot of, you know, off-trap power. I, I wanted to see a little bit more zone from them, a little bit more zone up front from them yesterday. But credit to Jackson State, man. I don't know what Coach Prime said to them at halftime
0: because I know <laughs> he don't
5: use profanity. So I don't know what he said at halftime. But God, more loved me, man. He came out – the, they came out in that second half and really, really dominated. And Shador Sanders, another week without an interception. Um, that's something very, very interesting to watch, man. Though he did have a fumble yesterday. Another week without an interception. So, um, great, great, great second half. I would say that. Great second half. First half, half not so good.
2: It should do it. Like the the FCS Player of the Year. Everybody so far. So what now, it should do it. The FCS Player of the Year so far. I don't know. It's gonna
5: FCS, be. It's gonna. It's gonna be hard. Yeah. It's, it's gonna be hard for me to. I don't really know anybody. Other than maybe the running back from uh from North Dakota State that could maybe give him a run right now for FCS Player of the Year, uh, you got some quarter- great quarterback play coming out of um not Abilene Christian uh, BJ. What's Incarnate my guy? Word. Uh, Incarnate Word. Incarnate Word. word. Yeah, great quarterback play out of Incarnate Word. So yeah, uh, that kid is another another person that I would look at that could probably challenge Shador for FCS Player of the Year. But you yeah. know, I gotta see I gotta see Shador throw the ball down the field a little bit more, man. 80, 87% of his passes are from 10 yards and under.
3: I need some more data points as well, too. Uh, same, same reason. Good stuff. Good stuff. One thing I'll
1: shout out, you see, I got the MEAC shirt on. Conference-wise, they went four of five in terms of wins. Obviously, different matchups, including uh, a top 25 win. I give them much credit in terms of what it looked like. The lone loss was the one we talked about to Hampton. <laughs> Imagine if they had got that done. Anyway, let's get in and take our last break. We'll come back and we'll talk about some matchups that you want to consider for next week to keep your eyes on as things keep rolling. That was week three. We'll get into week four. Stick with us after this last break.
3: It's like a looting machine. Don't around town, We're trying
0: to get down. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them, like I know them, they gon' gonna tell you if your team, if they want a lot, laugh and root about, about. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, because he gonna teach a lesson.
1: This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab. We had two of the guys had to jump off and get out of here in terms of making sure they catch their flights. As we're moving around to make sure you can get your information, we're going to get B.J. Jones and A.D. Drew out of here as well as they're making moves too. But we wanted to make sure we got this last segment in and talk about some of the big matchups that you can consider for next week in week number four. Let me go to B.J. Jones first. Tell me what's on your mind. What should we be looking at this weekend to continue to tell the narrative of HBCU
4: sports pedagogy? Man, two games. I'm going Alabama heavy on this one. Alabama A&M visits Florida A&M in the Eastern Division battle. Uh, Let me tell you something. This is the thing about Alabama A&M. I watched them against Austin P yesterday. The year that Alabama A&M gets their defense to to show up, and their defense has been playing well, the offense has now gone out lunch. Like what what are they odds? So like we've been talking about Alabama A and them culturally and defensively, how they've been bad. That defense played great football yesterday. Offense out lunch. Um and it's gonna be interesting to see how how they look next week. Uh going into Tallahassee a game. They got away from them a year ago, uh, up in Hawksville against Florida AM. And then Prairie View. Prairie View is gonna travel east. They're gonna visit Alabama State next week. Alabama State quietly is 2-1, um, not really – haven't been really making a lot of noise. They've been under the radar. But Alabama State can make a statement game, um, a statement next week, if they can get a win over a preview.
1: Oh, I like those two games. And the thing is, last year we saw where the Eastern Division dominated the Western Division. Will we see that continue, or will the West get a chance to make a statement uh, against the Eastern Division in terms of this matchup? especially from a team that is picked to at least be at the top of the Western Division and what they've done thus far shouldn't change anybody's mind. So I like where you're going with those two matchups, certainly in terms of the SWAC, as the SWAC gets into some real conference matchups. Let me go to you, AD. Drew, give me a couple of games that you have on your mind that you
2: tell everybody should be watching this week. Uh, first matchup is a surprise at Bluefield State hosting Fort Valley is Fort Valley takes the longest road trip of the year to Mitchell Stadium in Bluefield, West Virginia. Look, Fort Valley has had the luxury of being close to home. All their games have been, Fort Valley has gone more than two and a half hours for a game this year. Won't go more than two and a half hours for another game for the remainder of the year. So this is the longest road trip. How many Wildcats Fans will go and support their team that's three and old going into hostile territory against a surprisingly good Bluefield State team with uh Tony, Coach Tony Coxal. So that's my SIAC matchup that I want to look at. And in the CIAA, Virginia Union travels down south to what could be a preview of the CIAA championship game as they take on Fayetteville State. Virginia Union look, looking dominant as usual. Fayetteville State doesn't look like they're quite hitting their stride yet. So this will be an interesting matchup between a, a, a what could be a home, essentially a home game for Virginia Union the second weekend of November. Let me give you a couple of ones to match up. I'm going to go from
1: a non-conference or independent perspective because it's actually a conference game now in the Colonial weird matchup, but these both teams are three and O maybe done it differently. So to be interesting, just to see what this looks like, you got the Hampton pirates three and O on the road to Delaware three and and0 this is the Delaware team that beat Delaware state a couple of weeks ago. So I'm interested to see what that looks like. That's a 5 PM uh, matchup. So that one's one that kind of has me keeping my eyes on it. Um, and then I'm going to go into the big South you have South Carolina State number two number three team in most people's top 10 poll rankings for HBCUs they're at T so this is interesting you know this is a fight between these two border wars if you would and always going on obviously T has had South Carolina State's number of late can they continue just to find a way to get it done South Carolina State last year in my opinion dominated much of that game quarterback gets hurt a does what a team does in terms of when you have your foe on the ropes, they find a way to get it done. Will the ties change or will a t get off the mat at 0-3 and find a way to get it done to get somebody they generally feel confident about? So that's one that has me thinking much about when you get in this Big South, uh, MEAC, Big South in terms of overall conferences struggling. So it's interesting to see what that looks like. Obviously, you have Tennessee State. Uh, that has 0-3, they're off next weekend coming out of Ohio Valley. Think about this. The best team so far overall record wise is Lindenwood out of the Ohio Valley, 2-0. This is a team that's transitioning. So it's that's one to keep your eyes on to see what Tennessee State can do. Um, obviously, 0-3, but they play two top 10 FCS, or at least top 15 FCS programs in Eastern Washington. And Jackson State, and then they go up to an FBS program. So keep your eyes on Tennessee State as they get in the conference play over the next couple of weeks. They'll have Lane, and then they'll get into Bethune-Cookman. We're really getting that matchup, but that's a couple of weeks away. I did want to kind of talk about that. In terms of the MEAC, in terms of week four, this is a conference, as I said, it was four or five last week. They have four to five teams playing this week. They have Norfolk at home against St. Francis. Um, non conference game. This is one where Norfolk State can make a statement. So I'm interested in seeing what that matchup looks like. And Delaware State, sneaky at two and one. They have Merrimack. That's one and two. They have to get that game at home to continue to show that they're making strides in their program. So that will get you there. Obviously, VJ gave you some swag matchups uh, in terms of what looks in there. Um, and so I think that's pretty good in terms of what that looks like. I'll leave it there in terms of most of those matchups. Obviously, Arkansas, Pine Bluff, and Alcorn, a uh, Western Division matchup, which is going to be important early. We saw that last year where Pine Bluff really seemed to be getting that game and then late, Alcorn State, the Braves, changed everything in the second half and get it done in the two teams going different directions. Pine Bluff is 2-1 and on the season, Alcorn 1-2. and Who's going to get the better of this deal? This is a six-clock matchup, so that's one that I have in the corner of my eyes to see what that looks like as things go forward. Obviously, Mississippi Valley and Jackson State. We'll cut it there. Some great matchups. Great job by you all. Appreciate you all for joining us in terms of the lab listeners. Thank you for listening to Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Kenyatta Kabil, the Dean of HBCU Sports, coming from Inside the Lab in the College of HBC Sports with B.J. Jones, A.D. Drew, Mike Washington, Joshua Sims Sr. joining us today. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Deal's Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 p.m. Join us Tuesday as we drop the poll rankings and give you some of those key matchups when we get inside the numbers, those data points we talk about on Tuesday and Thursday next week. Follow me, Dr. Kaville, that's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram Continue to follow BJ Jones on this Top Five Tuesday and his Twitter uh, Live in terms of he goes there. Make sure you check that out in Spaces. Joshua Sims is on Wednesday with his Spaces. Check those out. 80 Drew and Brian will give you some updates this afternoon. I believe, as we heard, Joshua Sims will be joining that program. Uh, check out these shows regularly. Charles- Carlos Brown on Saturdays as he breaks it down, and obviously Wednesday with O&G Strike Zone, and the nice old the tables on some of our Mondays. Inside the HBCU Sports Lab 1 on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Dream Big, continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. AD? Of course. BJ? Lecture. Dismiss.
2: We'll holler.